0: I know a place where we can. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs, a local community faith program from 100.7 The Word.
1: Welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Thanks for joining me on this Monday afternoon. Today we're going to be talking about uh, wisdom. Uh, wisdom is so important in our uh, day and age, and God's Word has so much uh, to say. About wisdom. So thanks for listening. I hope that your drive is going well. I'm a local pastor here at Rocky Mountain Calvary in the central part of the city, Austin Bluffs and Academy, and hosting a local radio show. So thanks so much uh, for listening. Crosswalk Colorado Springs is Monday through Wednesday from 5 to 6 right here on 100.7 The Word. Sometimes we open up for questions. Sometimes we have guests. And today I'm just sharing some things that are on my heart in regards uh, to uh, wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 4, we have Solomon writing about wisdom, and he talks about his dad instructing him in wisdom, and that would be David. So King David instructs Solomon in wisdom. This is Proverbs 4 verse 1. says, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender, the only one in the side of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words, keep my commands and live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom And in all you're getting, get understanding. So Solomon was exhorted by David to get wisdom. And he did just that. When he became king, he made a request to God. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for wealth. But he asked for wisdom and God granted it to him. And he lived the majority of his life in incredible amounts of wisdom. Later on in the show, we're going to talk about how Solomon, when he was old in age, uh, turned away from the wisdom that God uh, revealed to him. So first, as we think about wisdom, let's talk about the definition of wisdom. It's a word that we say a lot as Christians, but what does it mean? Uh, Wisdom is more than knowledge. It's actually knowledge applied. I think of it this way. In our vehicles, there's a gas light that comes on you probably have something similar in your car. I refer to that gas light as the idiot light. And the reason is is because if that gas light comes on, it's telling me I need to go get gas. If I ignore that, then I'm the idiot. And I, I've got to tell you several times I have run out of gas. I mean, it almost happens to me every year or every year and a half. My wife and I, we've been married uh, for almost 22 years. She's never called and said that she has run out of gas because she's got the wisdom when the gaslight goes on to stop and get gas. So for those of you that are driving right now, if your gaslight's on, you you definitely want to stop it and get gas. But that's an example of wisdom. So here comes the gaslight. It comes on. Wisdom says stop and get gas. Foolishness is to ignore that gaslight that has uh, come on. So Solomon dedicates a whole book of the Bible, Proverbs, to wisdom, and he's actually writing to his son. So we've got this example of David sharing wisdom with Solomon, Solomon sharing wisdom with his son. Just a great example for us as dads to be able to pass on wisdom to our children. I'm so thankful for my dad. He's uh, 71 years old. And he graciously passed on godly wisdom uh, to me. So what's the definition of wisdom? It's knowledge applied. It's not just knowing, but it's doing and it's putting things into practice. In James, we see that there's actually two different kinds of wisdom. There's a wisdom that's from above and a wisdom that is uh, beneath. And I think that that's important and it's worth noting because we're going to follow either one or two of these types uh, of wisdom. So let me read uh, this to you out of James uh, chapter three says, who is wise and understanding among you, let him show by good conduct that his word works are done in meekness of wisdom. So who has wisdom, let him show wisdom by doing works of meekness. But if you are bitter, envy, self-seeking in your heart, and do not boast and lie against the truth, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So the first type of wisdom that James points out is the wisdom that's from beneath. This is a false wisdom. It's the lies from the pit of hell. And it indicates when our heart is in this place of walking in demonic wisdom, when we're bitter, when we're envious, when we're, we're longing for things that God has given to someone else, when we're self-seeking. Selfishness is really the root of sin. It's the root of destroying our relationships. You know, what destroys a marriage? Many would say adultery. It's really selfishness. At the heart of adultery is, is selfishness. And where selfishness exists and where envy exists, notice that there's confusion and every evil thing. So we want to recognize ungodly wisdom, demonic wisdom in our hearts, in our lives. But here's this wisdom that comes from above. But the wisdom that is far from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. The wisdom from above is first pure. It's good. It's wholesome. There's nothing wicked about it. The wisdom that's also from above is peaceable. It's willing to make peace. Jesus told us on the Mount of Beatitudes, Sermon on the Mount, that Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. When we live in peace, people can see that we're the children of God. The wisdom from above is also gentle. Jesus was was gentle. There's a willingness uh, to yield. As we're walking in godly wisdom, we're looking for the ability to be able to merge, not compromising truth, but yielding for the sake of relationship. When I'm holding my ground in selfishness, I'm nowhere close to godly wisdom. Full of mercy, I love this. Godly wisdom is full of mercy. Well, what's mercy? It's not giving somebody what they deserve. You know, if someone cuts me off in traffic, then I'm not giving them what they deserve to lay on uh, my my horn. God is merciful for to us and to be merciful to one another without partiality. So we're not playing favorites without. Hypocrisy, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So two different kinds of wisdom. The wisdom from beneath is motivated by selfishness and envy. It's demonic. The wisdom that's from God is based on gentleness, willingness to yield, making peace, sowing in righteousness. So let me ask you a question. Here you're driving down the road on a Monday afternoon listening to Crosswalk, uh, Colorado Springs, and what type of wisdom are you walking in? Are you walking in godly wisdom? Are you walking from demonic wisdom? But I suggest to you that we're getting our marching orders from somewhere. If you're going through your day, your life, and you're going, wow, why don't I have this relationship? Why don't I have this job? Why don't I have that car? That's envy. For going through our day thinking about ourselves, where it's team Eric, it's selfishness all day long, that's demonic wisdom. But if we go through our day in a way of putting others before ourselves, being peaceable, being gentle, being willing to yield, being full of mercy, making peace, then we're in a position of godly wisdom. Solomon exhorted his son, "Get wisdom; it's the principal thing." It's of utmost importance. So today we're going to be talking about godly wisdom. What is it? How do we get it in our lives? So stay with me. There's a lot of great stuff. I hope that you're blessed by it today, that it's really applicable and encourages you. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. We're going to head to a break and we'll be right back.
0: Springs on 100.7. The Word.
1: Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Today we're talking about wisdom. Man, as I look at the world today, it just seems like there's a real lack of godly wisdom. We're angry with each other. We're confused. We're looking for answers. There's so many loud voices out there. So today we're going to focus on godly wisdom. We've talked about the definition of wisdom, knowledge applied. We've also talked about two different types of wisdom in James chapter 3. But now let's look at a really cool promise of God, and it's that he will grant wisdom to us. This is also in the book of James, James chapter 1, says, my brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or endurance. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Is that you? I know that that's me. I've been thinking about several things in my life. In fact, this morning, I was just writing in my journal some specific areas that I need wisdom as a husband and a father and as a pastor. What are the areas in in your life where you need wisdom? Would you say, I lack wisdom? Well, this is what we do. We ask of God who gives to all liberally and without a reproach, and it will be given to him. So God's ready to give wisdom. In fact, he's ready to give it liberally. As a parent, have you ever been in one of those benevolent moods where you're just giving and you're like, man, I'm ready to take you to go get ice cream and and you can have as many scoops as as you would like. Or man, I'm going to bless you with some extra gas money. And God, our ultimate good father, he's just ready to give wisdom, but he wants us to ask. So if we ask, he's going to give it to us liberally, but he also wants us to ask in faith. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. So this is the requirement. If we're going to ask for faith or ask for wisdom, excuse me, we have to ask in faith. Because if we don't have faith, then we're going to be tossed to and fro, tossed by the sea back and forth. And when I'm in that place of doubting, I feel myself just getting tossed back and forth. Sometimes I'll ask God for wisdom. He'll grant it to me, but then I'll doubt that wisdom that He has given. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So this is an incredible promise of God. We can hold on to God's promises that if we lack wisdom, He's ready to give us wisdom, but we've got to ask in faith. We can't doubt the wisdom that He has given uh, to us. Is there some wisdom that God has given to you uh, in your life that you find yourself uh, doubting? Let's pick this apart a little bit. You know, what wisdom does God have for us in relationships? Well, he tells us that sex is to be between a man and a woman, a biological male and female inside of the commitment of, of marriage. And you know that wisdom. You've studied the scriptures, but you... You find yourself in a relationship with someone that you're not married to. And this is destroying you, destroying that other person and that wisdom that God has provided. You find yourself doubting. Maybe there's some wisdom that God has provided to you financially as you have studied his, his word, but you find yourself doubting that, that wisdom that he has uh, provided. So, We've asked for God for wisdom in anger, and we've studied his word that God says that the wrath of man does not produce the the righteousness of God, but yet we find ourselves doubting what he's told us in the word. We've sought out God's wisdom with alcohol, where God says, don't be drunk uh, with wine, but be filled with uh, the Holy Spirit. We know that wisdom, but yet we're not walking in it. We, We don't have the faith to believe that God has really told us what is best in this uh, regard. And so if we ask for faith or we ask for wisdom, we've got to do it in faith, trusting that the Lord is going to give us that wisdom. But that's a great promise. Hold on to it. If you lack wisdom today, I know I do, then hold on to this promise from James uh, chapter 1. How about the source of wisdom? As we uh, think about uh, wisdom, where do we go to get the wisdom in our lives. And in Proverbs chapter one, as Solomon is writing about wisdom, he says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So the source of wisdom is going to be found in fearing the Lord. I think there's a lot of misunderstandings about the fear of the Lord. It's not this idea that I'm afraid that God's going to hurt me or he's going to pummel me though he can, he has the power to be able to do that. He can bring judgment in my life, but it's much more of an honor, a a respect. It's a, I don't want to hurt God's heart. You know, I think of it in relationship with with my dad. My dad could definitely bring the consequences in my life, but as I got older, and older teenager, I I didn't want to hurt my dad's heart. I didn't want to disappoint him. And Do we have that fear of the Lord? Do we have that awe and respect uh, of the Lord? And here Solomon's writing to us and he's saying, look, this is the source of wisdom. This is the beginning uh, of wisdom. If we're going to have godly wisdom in our life, we must uh, fear the Lord. So how do we get to that place of having fear uh, in the Lord? Well, I think it comes through the knowledge of God revealed in the scriptures. As, As we read the word of God with an open heart, we're gonna develop the right understanding of God and and have a fear of the Lord. I think one of the best sources of the fear of God in our life is the cross. When we think about that God sent his only begotten son, who he loved, his beloved, to take my place upon the cross, that Jesus who was rich made himself poor so that I could be rich, spiritually rich and, and be saved go, wow, Jesus, you did that for me. I respect you. I honor you. I worship you. I put you in that proper place. And we want to walk in a continual fear of the Lord. It's not that I had the fear of the Lord 10 years ago in my life, but today, uh, have I put God in his proper place? Worship is, is a way for us practically to have the fear of God in our lives. So, What's the source of wisdom? It's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you're wanting more wisdom in your life, ask that God would give you uh, the fear of the Lord. Also, in the book of Ephesians, I think there's a really neat nugget when it comes to the source of wisdom where Paul is praying for the church of Ephesus. He's in prison. And this is what he says in Ephesians 1 verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So he's praying that the church would have the spirit of wisdom, again, this ability to apply the truth that they know. And he says the spirit of wisdom and the revelation of the knowledge of him I think that the revelation of Jesus and wisdom go hand in hand. Maybe you've experienced this in your life. You look back and you go, man, I have got to know Jesus in a better way, understanding who he is and his love for me and his plan for my life. And as you understand Jesus in a greater way, you go, wow, all of a sudden, I have this wisdom for my life that I didn't have before. I have the the, the spirit of wisdom We see this in the life of the disciples as they walked with Christ and grew in their knowledge of Christ. They also grew in wisdom. John grew to be this amazing disciple of love when he used to be referred to as the sons of thunder, him and his brother wanting to call down judgment, call down fire from heaven. But the closer that he walked with Jesus, the more he gained godly wisdom and he gained this character of love. The same that we see in Peter, we know Peter really struggled. He oftentimes said what he shouldn't say. It's been said that Peter had foot and mouth uh, disease. But God transformed Peter and got a hold of his life as he got greater knowledge of Jesus. So as we have greater knowledge of Jesus, as we have the fear of the Lord, godly wisdom comes into our life. You're listening to Crosswalk, Carter Springs, with Pastor Eric Cartier. Thank you so much uh, for joining me and listening. Man, I need more of God's wisdom in my life. I think you would g- agree. We're going to head to a break and stay with me and we've got a lot more when we come back. This is Crosswalk,
0: Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word.
1: Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary, local pastor right here in the city at Austin Bluffs and Academy. If you're looking for a home church, we'd love to invite you out. We've got a campus here and also a campus out in Ellicott. We're currently going through uh, the Gospel of Luke verse by verse and chapter by chapter and I've been noticing in my life and in culture and in society just such a need for godly wisdom. There's so much confusion. There's so many voices competing for our attention. But God gives us an amazing promise for wisdom if we'll ask. If we'll go to him in faith and ask for wisdom, he'll give it to us. What is wisdom? Wisdom is knowledge applied. It's not simply knowing, but putting it, in, it into practice and Solomon was really a man of wisdom and let's kind of journey through his life for a few minutes and look at how he sought after wisdom. He wanted to get wisdom and then how at the end of his life, he departed uh, from wisdom. First, who is Solomon? Solomon is the son of David. Now, David had a sinful relationship with Bathsheba, committed adultery, and that child, uh, that resulted from that relationship died. They went on to get married after David had Bathsheba's husband Uriah killed, and God blessed them with Solomon. And so Solomon grew up as the son of David to be the next uh, king. And David set up Solomon to be able to build the temple. The nation of Israel had never had a temple a prior; they only had the tabernacle when they were mobile. In the wilderness, God told David that he wasn't going to be able to build uh, the temple, but his son Solomon would. So he prepared all of the finances, got got everything ready for Solomon. A lot of pressure on Solomon as he's coming in, taking over for uh, David. Israel's still pretty new in their uh, conception here. Uh, We see we've got Saul, first king, then David, Solomon's the third king, they're still uh, united as a country, not divided north and south. When Solomon becomes king, he cries out to the Lord and asks for wisdom. God grants it to him. He doesn't ask for riches or wealth. He asks for wisdom. He realizes he's going to need to have God's truth and know how to be able to apply it. And he really does live out his life in a tremendous amount of godly wisdom. And it's during this time that he writes the book of Proverbs. The word wisdom is used 235 times in the Bible. 235 times in the Bible and 54 times are in the book of Proverbs. So wisdom was very passionate to uh, Solomon. And we look at his life and he was blessed with a lot of wealth. He was blessed with a lot of military success, but people came all over to hear his wisdom. The Queen of Sheba, she comes to visit from the Ethiopia region, and she has difficult questions for Solomon, and she's impressed by his answers. So this legacy, these years of Solomon just walking in godly wisdom, walking in godly wisdom, but then we find in First Kings 11, that everything changes for Solomon, and he begins to compromise. He begins to, to walk away from wisdom. But King Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians and Hittites, from the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, "You shall not intermarry with them." nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. So God had warned the children of Israel in the book of Deuteronomy saying, hey, don't do this. Don't marry these women from other countries because they serve false gods and they're going to turn away your heart from the one true God. But Solomon, he clung to them in love he allowed this love for women to trump his love for God, and he didn't heed that warning that was given to him in Scripture. And he had 700 wives. Imagine that 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. So he's got a thousand wives. God had written to. The future kings of Israel in the law saying, I don't want you to do three things. I don't want you to amass to yourself wealth, wives, or horses. God wanted them to be dependent upon the Lord, and Solomon really disobeyed in all of these ways. He amassed lots of wealth and horses, and then had all of these wives. I mean, how would he even keep track of a thousand wives, their their names? So what was the result? to Solomon's heart. For so it was when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. For Solomon went after Ashrath, the gods of the Sidonians, and after Milcom. The abomination of the Ammonites. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord as did his father David. Then Solomon built a high place for Chismoth, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that is east Jerusalem, and for Moloch, the abomination of the people of the Ammonites, and he did likewise for all of his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. So he just goes through all of Israel, building these places of worship for false gods to please his wife, and he entered into this idolatry. So the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had not turned from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice, because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice. It made the Lord angry, and then God goes on to say that he would send adversaries to Solomon and split the nation of Israel into two kingdoms and only leave two tribes with the descendants of Solomon for David's sake because of the promise that he made to uh, David. So what's the lesson that we learn from Solomon's life? It's very humbling, is that we can walk in wisdom for a long, long time and then even when we're old and there's so many in scripture and life don't finish well and, and the finish is the most important part of the race. And he turned his heart away from the Lord and he entered into idolatry. And interestingly enough, God points out David, David in all of his sin, adultery and murder, his heart was loyal to the Lord. He never turned to idolatry. He never worshiped these uh, false uh, gods So listeners, if you've been walking with the Lord for some time and you love one hundred point seven and you listen to the word, you read the word, you're you're active in your church, we need to be careful of pride because if Solomon can fall, we can fall. If we think we stand, take heed lest we fall and commit before the Lord. Lord, would you help me to get wisdom today in my life? Would would you help me to see things accurately and be able to follow your heart and follow uh, your lead because it's really easy for us to enter into compromise just like Solomon. We wonder about Solomon's life in the book of Ecclesiastes. If Ecclesiastes is him getting right with the Lord and we hope that, but we don't know that because the last thing we have of King Solomon in 1 Kings is this place of compromise. So if you've walked in wisdom for a long time, keep walking in wisdom. In just a minute, we're going to head to a break and we'll be right back. And I want to tackle, you know, how do we see God's wisdom in some areas of our lives, like in marriage, in relationship with kids, in singleness, in, in work? And and what does it mean to really live a life in godly wisdom? What kind of attitudes will we have as we walk in wisdom. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Local show, Monday through Wednesdays, right here on 100.7 The Word from 5 to 6. Also, the show does turn into a podcast. Anywhere that you find your podcast, you can go to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Man, so many voices coming to us trying to get our attention, and how we need godly wisdom. So stay with me. We're headed to a break. We're going to talk more about what it looks like to walk in God's wisdom.
0: Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7. The word.
1: Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Hope that your commute is going well. Thanks for listening to 100.7 The Word. I'm a local pastor here in the community at Rocky Mountain Calvary, Austin Bluffs and the com- and Academy. And love doing this local show. We're focused on Colorado Springs and Southern Colorado. I'm sure you have noticed I've noticed just the lack of wisdom, godly wisdom in my life and culture even in the church of God. So today's show we're looking at what is godly wisdom? How do we get it? How do we apply it to our lives. And you may be in a place of saying, I really need wisdom in the daily parts of my life, relationships and and finances and work. And I want to grow in wisdom. How do I really get wisdom? And in Proverbs 4, Solomon writes, and he says, get wisdom, get understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. Life is pretty difficult. Uh, There's so many challenges in life that we can't control. Jesus said that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. So just part of this life, there's going to be trials and tribulations. In this life, you'll have tribulations. So why do we want to make life more difficult by walking in foolishness and sin? And wisdom is going to keep us out of uh, sin. So here's the practicals. Here's a, a few thoughts on just practically how to be able to get more of God's wisdom in your life Is is first, be hungry for it. Uh, We see this over and over in the Proverbs. Solomon's really trying to challenge us for a hunger for wisdom, where we would desire it in our lives. And I think that hunger for wisdom then causes us to pray, to cry out to the Lord, Lord, I need wisdom. We talked about it earlier in the show, but this promise that if we lack wisdom and we ask in faith, then God's going to give it to us. He's going to going to grant it to us. So let's go a little bit deeper. Like, do you need wisdom as a husband, as a wife, as a a spouse? You're at a place in your marriage where you're like, man, Lord, I need wisdom. Maybe you're just starting out in your marriage and you need God's wisdom. Maybe you've been married for uh, some time and things are changing. Things are a little bit different. There's some unique challenges. Go to God uh, for wisdom. You know, as a parent, it would be awesome if our kids, when they were born, came with a, a manual. It would be even more cool if a specific manual was written for that kid, because each kid is unique. And, but our kids, we didn't come home from the hospital with a, a manual. But we can go to the Lord for wisdom, and we can pray, and we can say, Lord, you have uniquely designed each child, and would you show me how to be a godly parent? Maybe it's singleness and you're struggling with loneliness, struggling with desiring to be married and maybe even feeling a little bit let down and maybe you're dating and you're wanting to know how to date in a godly fashion. It brings us to prayer, crying out to the Lord in prayer, but then also to go to God's word. Uh, God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And really approaching god's word with this perspective of wisdom of how do I get knowledge and how do I apply it so so Lord what would you speak to me in these areas of my life well, what does God's word have to say about work whatever your hands find to do do it wholeheartedly unto the Lord so Lord I want my work to be worship unto to you so that's an important piece I, I think we really can't have God's wisdom in our hearts and our lives if we're not spending time in God's word. And maybe you've believed this lie that you can't understand God's word. God communicated his word in a way that we could understand it. Go to him in prayer, give God's word the opportunity. And I would specifically say, if you're hungry for wisdom, the place to start is the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is 31 chapters, a lot of times there's 31 days in the month. You can read a proverb uh, for each day, maybe end your day with a proverb, start your day uh, with a proverb, read it through uh, several times. But the word of God provides wisdom. So prayer, the word of God, but then also godly counsel. And this has been really helpful uh, to me and my wife. There's been many times that we've just come to a roadblock, a decision. We're talking about it with each other. Maybe we have differing opinions. We, we go to God's word. We're praying. But we really feel like we need godly wisdom. And so we'll go to some older couples in our lives that have walked with the Lord longer, that their kids are raised, they're empty nesters, and we'll say, hey, we're wrestling through uh, this decision. And, and I can think of two times specifically that we would have made a very different decision if we wouldn't have gotten that godly counsel and the Proverbs say in the multitude of counselors, there there's safety. So if you have those believers in your life that have gone before you go and ask them. And if, if you don't have those believers in your life, I would look around your local church and, and ask your pastors and look around and say, are there couples that, that I uh, respect and that leads me to my last point on just practically how do we grow in wisdom? Is watch others, watch others. Some things are more caught than taught. <laughs> we have just a, an awesome assistant pastor at Rocky Mountain Calvary. He's he's a great friend, a great servant of the Lord. His name's Robert Beach, and he's been on staff here at Rocky Mountain Calvary for twenty six years. I was the youth pastor, and he was my boss before I became the the senior pastor, and I've learned so much from him over all of these years. We've done ministry together now for 23 years, and just watching him and learning life lessons about ministry, about marriage, about a family. I have another really good friend, Sean Rafferty, who's a pastor here as well, and to be able to watch him raise his daughters, he's got four daughters, and... We've got three daughters and, and one son. It's it's been a huge uh, blessing. Uh, also had the blessing of of watching my dad, and he's lived a life of of godly wisdom. And some of the greatest Bible studies that I received from him is watching him live his life, how he treated mom, his hard work ethic, the way that he honored the Lord in his uh, finances. So look around. If you go man, I don't have godly examples in my life. I would encourage you to get plugged into a local church and go a little bit further than just uh, attending. Attending is great, but get into a men's study, get into a women's uh study, get into a small group, start serving. You're going to find other great servants of the Lord as you begin to serve and you'll have some godly examples to be able to to watch. So Practical ways of growing in wisdom, pray, man, pray, ask the Lord for wisdom, go to God's word, read God's word from this perspective of, I want to grow in wisdom, godly counsel. Go to those who've walked with the Lord longer than you and, and ask them saying, Hey, this is what I'm wrestling with. And then watch, find godly examples and and watch their example. If you're wondering what wisdom is from a biblical perspective, it's knowledge applied. It's not just having the information, but it's applying the information. My favorite example is when you look at your gas light in your car, wisdom is when that light goes on, you stop and get gas. Unfortunately, I'll push it and I'll try to get as far as I can without getting gas and I'll run out of gas. I can remember... Running out of gas early in the morning just outside of my neighborhood and my neighbor stopped like Eric, what are you doing out here? I'm like, I ran out of gas. Probably about a year ago. I had to call Amber and I had run out of gas in the the minivan and she's gracious enough to get the gas can, go to the gas station and bring me gas. And a lot of times in life we, we run out of gas when we walk in foolishness instead of wisdom. And so Lord, we thank you for today's program. Thank you for your promise that if we lack wisdom, that you'll grant it. And right now we do just that. We, we let you know that we're lacking wisdom. And would you give us wisdom? Would you give us faith to not doubt the wisdom that you've given? There's so many voices in the world competing for our attention. We want to hear your voice. Would you bless us with the fear of the Lord? Would you give us the spirit of wisdom and the revelation of of Jesus Christ. Thank you for each listener. And would you bless them with godly wisdom in every area of their life. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Get wisdom. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a great night. God bless you. Remember he's with you and that he loves you. So until next time, take care.